1: Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And our guest today is Amanda Slavin. She is CEO and founder of Catalyst Creative. She's also author of The Seventh Level. We're going to talk to her about engagement, uh, engaging employees, engaging customers, critical for service-based businesses. We were talking about the fact that for many service companies, their entire uh, value assets uh, walk out of the door every day and hopefully return the next day. So uh, getting engagement right is going to be really key. So I'm excited for this conversation. With that, Amanda, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks so much for having me. And yes, I felt I was laughing silently as you were talking because, <laughs> yep, they could just walk right out. Your well, they your do. one major asset. Your, your distinct value proposition can just walk out the door. So excited to chat more about how to keep them engaged.
1: Yeah, exactly. So let's start a little bit with background. How did you get into this space? How did engagement become a topic for you? And then and then we'll kind of dig into the topic and, and what people can learn from it?
0: Sure. So I have a master's in curriculum and instruction. So I was a teacher. And during my master's year, I wrote my thesis on engagement. And I wanted to really understand, assess, identify what engagement actually looked like when it comes to learning and, you know, and really be able to kind of think outside the box when it came to absorbing information, applying information with, you know, a, a non-conventional way of learning. So that to me started with what engagement looked like. It wasn't necessarily just about, again, test scores or, um, or again, teaching to the middle, if you will. It was really about this nuanced approach to connecting with your quote unquote customer which were my students, mm-hmm. and garnering their attention to get them to think differently about a subject, um, and then applying that subject so that they can then grow as an individual. And then I ended up in hospitality and um, the restaurant industry shortly right. after, and um, and applied that theory, that you know, that understanding of engagement, the framework, which was, which essentially is the seventh level into the hospitality industry, and helped build. You know, multi-million dollar restaurant brand all over the country and really started to recognize that there was a lot that customers and students had in common and it was all around this idea again of, of garnering attention and connection and um, in order to do that it really required this understanding of your customer and then this deep way of being able to connect with them and make them feel seen, heard and and then walk them up this customer journey and again it's it's really depends on what you're trying to sell them whether that was sure. math or an open bar package but it actually was very <laughs> similar in the way
1: Somehow we could combine those
0: things, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would been cool. Um, but you know, and and in the sense of then, you know, how I built my company, I ended up meeting my business partner Tony Shea, who's the CEO of Zappos, and is super passionate about customer service and corporate culture, and um, and really again, kind of going the extra mile to to engage his employees and his customers. And I ended up starting the company with him seven years ago, as well as you know my my best friend Robert. From he's uh, you know kind of an, an experiential design -hmm. expert. And we started the company with the intention to use my understanding of engagement, of education, of branding, of experiential and marketing, you know, with kind of this combination of efforts of understanding the internal customer, the employee, as well as the external customer through being able to offer creative services, all with this foundation of understanding engagement. So starting with how do we deeply connect with our customers and then determine creative outputs to help execute on behalf of that understanding of, of what we need to do to
1: connect with that customer. Yeah, Fascinating. And, and so let's, I guess, let's uh, define engagement a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, we have, I think, you know, in the industry, we throw out all these terms of, you know, satisfaction and enjoyment yes. and happiness and all these things. Like why, yep. I guess, why <laughs> engagement and what is what does it mean? How is it different and why is it, you know, kind of more important or why has it become a a good way of kind of evaluating relationships with you know, internal and external customers.
0: Yeah, love that question. So I this is I talk a lot about this in the book because the definition we have of engagement is first of all wrong, and also everyone has a different definition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I think you know the first thing that in terms of the way that I define engagement is this meaningful connection between a person and another person, or an idea, or a brand, or a concept. It's that real connection that we're measuring, and that meaningful connection, and what I mean by that is, you know, so often we think of engagement as binary, where it's engagement or disengagement. Mm -hmm. Um, When in fact, you know, the seventh level framework has seven distinct levels of engagement. And each level has an action associated with that so that you can actually start to identify again, where your customer, whether it be an internal customer, an external customer, a potential relationship, you know, your kids, where they fall into those levels. So disengagement is actually level one of the seventh level framework. And the seventh level is defined as literate thinking and literate thinking is when your personal values and beliefs align with a message. And that's what we're all really striving for. You know, we're, when we talk about businesses and we we look at those businesses and we, you know, especially again in, in the service-based industry, we're we're constantly trying to sell companies on, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be the next Apple or Nike or Google or whatever it may be, the next, you know, big company with these very visceral messages and these very strong identities. And, you know, we are striving towards the seventh level without actually having that terminology and that language. And same, With our employees, you know, our employees are our best customers. and They have access to tools that allow for them to share their opinions and perspectives of our company. Particularly, Glassdoor is one where they are now either the biggest advocates of our companies, or you know, maybe (laughs) biggest detractors, depending on your score. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, I think I think it's really important that you know we want employees want to, to have a sense of purpose and identity and connection to their workplaces. Workplaces have dramatically changed on what employees are expecting and employers want more from their employees but you know again it's where do we begin and and this term this ubiquitous term of engagement normally is defined as productivity um or you know again in in marketing and social media marketing it's likes or comments or shares yeah. that's how we define engagement but that's not the way that that I define engagement. The seventh level when personal values and beliefs are aligned is what I feel we are striving for when it comes to engagement. But the real question is how do we get there? And and that's those, you know, seven distinct levels being able to climb step by step towards this highest form of connection.
1: Yeah, and why, and so I'm, uh, the Glassdoor comment is making mm-hmm. a connection for me because I, one of the things that I've, uh, I've kind of discovered or read over time because I've had several clients who have been frustrated with door ratings and, you know, they get a negative comment and and one thing that I've learned to kind of distinguish between you know just a, a, a raw negative comment mm. and a comment that <laughs> is an indicator of someone who is not a cultural fit and mm. and what I'm finding or, or what I've kind of learned over time is actually negative comments are not bad particularly when they're they're characterizing why the type of person who would not be a good fit at this company yes. and, and in fact I think a lot of people are looking at Glassdoor ratings and if all they see is positive feedback they get skeptical but mm-hmm. but if they see that you know one or two people who have been like you know what I left here or I was fired because you know they think this is really important and that's just not a something that I'm focused on if that helps me see what it's like to work at the company that can actually be a good thing
0: yes and, I talk and, uh, about this all I love that you're saying this I also talk about this with Yelp reviews by the way oh
1: yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Because it's not about it's not a I guess maybe the idea and I which is why I like the engagement term rather than kind of happiness or satisfaction, mm-hmm. because you know it, I mean, a satisfaction seems like such a low bar. <laughs> like yes. are you satisfied?
0: It's like "Look, well, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, well yeah, I'm I satisfied, so. but
1: I could be a lot that's, better. Um,
0: yeah, that's the bare minimum. But it,
1: but it's about this fit. It's about a cultural fit, not necessarily about, you know, it being fun. Is this is this the right place for me? Is this the right product for me? Is this the right company to be working with? And the fact is it's not going to be for everyone. And the more that that, that can be distinguished I think the more successful you can have actually kind of this this unique valuable position in a market or in a from a uh, industry point of view
0: yes a million percent and you know when it comes to the opposite of engagement I said disengagement level one of these seven levels the opposite of engagement is apathy yeah, exactly. not necessarily disengagement so disengagement is what defined as when someone is avoiding or idle from the task at hand that's very different than an apathetic you know person an apathetic right. person that's why I use Yelp as an example is someone that really just wants to you know be a hater to hate and you can tell Yeah, you could tell on Glassdoor, too, when someone's just really resentful and angry and spiteful, as opposed to if someone is really trying to give constructive feedback to someone that is looking for a job to help them. That's a very different place that they're coming from. And, you know, level three is frustrated engagement, which is when you want to engage with something, but you're distracted. So, you know, perhaps there was distractions that were limiting for that customer, that employee, and they're communicating those distractions. And they're coming from a place that is, again, productive, not destructive. And I think that that, there's an opportunity for that. And I'll also say with what you what you just mentioned around kind of the, the right fit, the mm-hmm. framework, you know, you start with identifying your own seventh level statement. And what that means is before you can connect with someone else's personal values and wow, beliefs, yeah. you have to identify your own. Yeah. Um, but that's the beginning. I think a lot of times as companies, we want this simplified version of how to connect with our customers. And we want, you know, this very easy formula where it's like, okay, now we know what we stand for. So here's this like lossy mission statement we're going to put on our website. And everyone's mm-hmm. going to know, you know, this is who we are. But you start with your seventh level statement and then you go through the framework one through seven and use that as a lens in which you connect with others. And some people you know, might stay disengaged. At the level one, your job is to identify who is your customer and how are you connecting with them. And then at level two on systematic engagement, it's when someone's confused by the messaging. So your job there is to talk to figure out how are you talking to that customer using your seventh level statement. So it's not changing who you are Mm. to fit the needs of who you feel, again, as your customer. It's communicating who you are based on who your customer is. And so, as you just said, again, not everyone is going to be obsessed with you, but it's being able to discern between that apathetic person that's just, you know, again, a hater and someone yeah. that really is trying to help and, and wants to communicate maybe those distractions that limited them from being their best self in that job.
1: Yeah. So, so we start with the seventh level statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk us through the, the seven levels that we then apply or we then use to validate or to put this in place.
0: Sure. So there, we broke out the the levels into three buckets, okay. attract, engage, and delight. So the bottom three levels are all around attracting your customer. And we the whole entire book is broken out with into your internal customer, which again, I, I keep using that as a reference, mm-hmm. is employees and external customer, which is your audience. So mm-hmm. you start with disengagement. And the one, two, and three are for me really around identifying problems that could surface that we're so often ignoring. And we're just thinking that, again, we're going to put something out in the world and we're going to build it and they're going to calm and everyone's going to be happy but that's not normally how it is <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. so <laughs> so when when you know coming up and, and the framework can be used for a project it can be used overall like to assess your culture but mm-hmm. I'll use it in, in the sense here of just how it works generally so level one disengagement I've already mentioned defined as someone avoiding your idol from a task at hand mm-hmm. the framework works where there's an action questions and a goal so perhaps at that level it could be that you know you send out an email to your team and your employees are not responding or, or the majority are not responding mm-hmm. And then questions would be, you know, is email the best way to communicate with them? Have I shared why this is important to me? You know, have I created rules around, you know, when, and uh, what I expect from mm-hmm. employees when I send out an email? And then goals would be to set the guidelines around communication processes. So that's one example of one level. Level two, on systematic engagement, when they're yep. confused by the messaging. This is a lot of the times with, with employees, particularly in service-based companies that are reliant on client work. You know, the services sometimes change based on the client, which mm-hmm. is exhausting. You want <laughs> to keep the services the same, yeah, exactly. but then you also want to be able to pay payroll. So you, yeah. you just have to have yeah. that balance. So yeah. it's extremely important at level two that, you know, employees know what their responsibilities and roles are internal to the organization as well as external to clients and that there's no confusion. And, you know, this is where account managers and project managers come in. This is a huge thing that we've really needed to, we're a fully remote team. We're 10 people and then we have contractors and vendors based on projects. Sure. But, you know, those contractors and vendors and freelancers can't, there's not a sense of accountability or responsibility on those people that you would have for your internal full time team. Mm-hmm. So, how are you identifying roles and responsibilities? How are you yeah. ensuring that everyone's on the same page? How are you also assessing who's going to be managing those freelancers and contractors? It all seems like, well, we're already doing this, but it's not all in one place. So, the framework allows for you to do one, two, and then three frustrated engagement, which is again, when you want to engage with something, but you're distracted. Yeah. So, going back to those employees walking out the door, this is extremely Also, important when it comes to B2B service based companies is that there's just so much going on for so many different clients, as well as your own business. And so, you know, Slack, which is, I always bring up Slack, which Mm -hmm. I love for certain things, is (laughs) tremendous for productivity. (laughs) Also, can be very distracting when you need to do higher level thinking um, and really kind of, you know, buckle down and do work by yourself or with one team member, yeah. then you're getting 200 Slack messages. So it's around limiting the distractions for your employees or for your customers at level three. So that's attract. So once you've been able to attract your customer, whether that be internal or external, mm-hmm. you can then start to engage with them and interact with them. And level four, and I'm and again, I'm, I'm mainly focusing on employees at this point, but yep. I can do this all throughout for marketing as well. But for four, it's structure-dependent engagement. And structure-dependent engagement is really kind of the traditional work environment with micromanaging. So structure-dependent engagement is do this, do that, and then someone does it. Got it. So this is kind of the way that, again, I've, I talked about before with social media marketing, like likes, comments, shares, like share this comment below, like,
1: yeah, kind of transactional. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Four yeah. and five are very transactional. That's yeah. correct. And which is fine. I actually feel the reason why I like this framework is because you're building off of each level. So you're not like building a house on sand, mm-hmm. but also, you know, I think sometimes as millennials, I'm like an elder millennial. That's what I call myself all the time. <laughs> <I like laughs> but the it. millennial gap is so big. Yeah, it's like, know. You know, from like know. a fetus to like, 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I feel that when it comes to millennials. And when when companies talk about millennials, I think they they really kind of only talk about like this mission, vision, inspirational mm, yeah. communication processing without recognizing the importance of you still have to do your work. You still have to get things done. You still yep. have to offer incentive. Like there still needs to be transactions involved if you want to be a business and not a nonprofit. So four is structure dependent engagement. Do this, do that. It's really based on clear call to actions, you know, and you're always going through going, looking at one, two, and three. So who am I speaking to? How am I speaking to them? What am I saying to them and limiting the distractions so that I can then continue to have them do the job. But sometimes people don't want to, you know, do what you ask of them and they need some type of incentive. And that's five. And five is self-regulated interest when you're piquing someone's interest and in getting them excited. And that's in an employee standard, it's, you know, commissions, bonuses, vacation days, comp days, like anything that's piquing their interest. Again, it's fairly transactional. When you get to the top two levels, you know, the delight, the delight bucket, mm-hmm. um, six is when you're inspiring someone to set goals to make a difference in their life. So that's when your employees are really starting to think differently about how to build the business and how to be involved in those processes and um, and how to grow within the organization not only for themselves but for the company and they start to see the company as this malleable you know organism if you will that they have a way of being able to improve and then finally the seventh level when their personal values and beliefs align it's when they really become these brand advocates for your company and, and that's what you see with fortune 100 best places to work and you know these top agencies where these people are you know wearing the merchandise and you know representing the brand on their social media without being asked or referring, you know, referring other employees um, and really staying there for the long haul because they believe in in what the company stands for. So that's kind of that entire process. And again, the whole, the way it works is, and we have all these free resources Mm -hmm. on our website, but it's action, question, goal, identify an action per level, questions that guide you and a goal to help bring you to that next level, always striving towards that, that seventh level, that deep, meaningful connection with your customers.
1: Yeah, no, this is a great one. I think one, the one that I see so many couple companies kind of struggle with or or they make a big pivot around is when they go from this kind of managing the role, you know, giving people, you know, clarity around roles, which yeah, is really yeah. important to really giving clarity around career development because I think that, you know, so many companies just kind of think about all of their people just kind of staying in their current roles and just kind of not realizing that, you know, one one of the basic needs that people have is to grow and, you know, m- improve and take on new challenges and to excel and one of the big challenges with growth or one of the big reasons that people, that, that companies need to grow is to accommodate that, right? And we'll, we'll yes. sit in a room and we'll I'll, I'll ask somebody at the table and say, okay, are you okay being in your position for the next 20 years? You know, and they look at me like, no way, <laughs> right? You know, and so then the CEO is kind of like, oh, I get it, right? Like I, one of the reasons I have to think about how I'm going to grow and scale this business is because, you know, my people want to grow and scale and they, they want new opportunities. If I'm not providing it, you know, that means they're going somewhere, somewhere else. And, and if I expect to keep them around, I need to create that, that opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I really like it, though, where it's not in the same bucket. You know, level two on systematic engagement, confused by the messaging, combating that is clearly defining roles and mm-hmm. accountabilities. Six, I mean, that's a huge jump from two to six is the career development yeah. and the personal goal setting and and being able to really help the individuals shine and yeah. determine determine what goals even look like and how yeah. to set those goals. I mean, so that's a you know, if we bunch them all in the same, in the same category, that's when I think we become limited because yeah. we can't discern between, you know, what, what are the first things that we need to do? You know, what are those first steps? But if we break it out where we're like, okay, two is just about identifying and I can go, this is probably a whole other podcast that we would have to do <laughs> because my company operates as something within a corporate infrastructure called Holacracy, oh, really? which is self-organization. Ah, yeah. So Tony was like, well, so, <laughs> Oh, you do. So Brian's like the one who trained me. Yeah, I know yeah. Brian. Well, very, very well, too. So Tony, you know, Zappos is one of like the largest companies that's self-organized. And in the beginning of of his investment within Zappos of of Holacracy, he offered a few companies to be trained in Holacracy and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, become self-organized. And I was one of those companies. So I, you know, became fully trained in Holacracy and we do like Holacracy light or like diet Holacracy, like our own version. But when it comes to roles and accountabilities, I do think Holacracy does a great job. And there's, you know, again, I think there's things to be taken from it and there's things that might not work forever. Everyone, but the roles and accountabilities, identifying what you know, not just having a job title and then assuming yeah. that that yeah. job title means that you know what you're actually doing on a day to day basis, but separating the, separating that out based on the roles and accountabilities that the organization needs, and yeah. then identifying the people that fill those roles is something Holacracy
1: does. Bright. Yeah, I, I agree. I came out of the lean agile space, so I'm I'm oh, awesome. through through those things. But yeah, I, one of the things I always like about Holacracy and and kind of the concepts behind it was was being intentional and being very uh, you know specific around functional accountability and process and discussion and and decision making and I mean I think that serves companies well particularly when they're growing and scaling quickly because the fact is the needs change right I mean the, mo- the moment you figure it out for what you need today tomorrow it's going to be outdated right so the real power comes in a company's ability to constantly question and change that as the situation changes and I think a lot of companies just get stuck right they get fixed on a way of doing things that ends up becoming their biggest Bottleneck as they grow to go to grow and scale.
0: Yeah, and I think CEOs get stuck. You know, I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I remember Brian saying he he really built holacracy for the CEO as well because yeah. you know I say this is a big thing with level six where you know if you want to inspire someone to set goals to make a difference in their life and in the organization, then you need to create a culture that's conducive for goal setting for the company. And so yeah. I don't really understand companies where like the executive at the top makes these decisions, which impacts you know all of the people who are then doing the work and there's no real process other than like maybe a feedback form that allows for the people who are doing the work to make the decisions and actually guide a lot of the you know, the, the CEO in a lot of ways. So, yeah. you know, I I think that that's why I really appreciated having a process that, you know, Holacracy is all based on tensions, the space between where the company is and where the company could be. Yeah. And it allows for everyone in the organization to be thinking differently. And even if that's all that Holacracy does, you know, even if it's not take a company going from a hierarchy and a bureaucracy yeah. to being self-organized, yeah. if all that a company thinks about is, okay, you know, the tension is, I call it potential, but like where where the company is versus where the company could be what that space in between what can we do to move the company forward and what can each and every individual be thinking about to move the company forward not just themselves i feel like it at least gives more again of that of that malleability and that flexibility with scaling a business or again, sometimes you're not just scaling; you're also yeah. downsizing in order yeah. to scale. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> what does the company need at that moment?
1: Yeah, and I, that's an important point. It's it's really about what's the next what's the next most sort of beneficial configuration of the company that will get us to where we ultimately need to be. And and yes, yeah, sometimes that is is downsizing or transforming or pivoting uh, into a, another mode in order to get us to our long term goal. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, so I I think one big takeaway for me for folks listening is that this idea of really kind of evolving from uh, uh, management by... Kind of proscriptive role mm-hmm. definition, like, you know, CEO leader as okay, I'm going to figure out what all the roles are, figure out what our services are, I'm going to define all the boxes, and then I'm going to put people in boxes. And that's going to be my kind of operational excellence strategy, you know, to really one more of how do I create a culture of identifying functional needs, uh, identifying cool. those gaps, and then the processes and the culture and the resources that are going to allow people to figure out how to fill those gaps and then evolve themselves through that system. I think it's a really, I think it's a big change. I'm not, I, I'm not sure every CEO can make that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I think there may be, mm-hmm. a, you know, a little bit of a, a challenge for a lot of folks in there, but I think it's an important kind of reframing of what does it mean, you know, to be an excellent leader? What does it mean to be uh, an excellent manager in those kind of high growth situations?
0: Yeah. And I'm, like the most type A person ever. So the only way that mm-hmm. I felt that anyone would ever be able to get a word in or communicate or share their insights, which I wanted because everyone who works at the company is smarter at something, mm-hmm. more than one thing, many things than me or or why would I need them to you know, work at the company? So I needed to create structures that would really shut me up. And yeah. and holacracy, you know, it's when the person is talking, it's the person's proposal. Um, it's not all about what you think. And, you know, and I think that that's extremely important. And I, you know, I, I only say that because I talk extremely fast and I'm, you know, very loud and animated and charismatic. And I think those are the leaders that need infrastructures like this more than ever, because, you know, it's very lonely. You don't realize you just kind of do it yeah. based on what feels normal to you and you just keep going and going and going. But then, you realize that there's so many people that want to, and also it's, you know, my seventh level statement is I believe in in the power of inspiring and educating. Like I believe that everyone Mm -hmm. deserves the right to be inspired and educated. So Mm -hmm. that is the way that I want to work at a company. You know, I wouldn't want a company where I was having to be at level four all the time and tell everyone what to do all of the time. Like that wouldn't feel gratifying to me. So I wanted a a way of, of creating an organization that allowed for each and every person to step into whatever greatness that was for them in and outside of the workplace and challenge them to grow as human beings. So that to me is is important to me, but maybe it's not important to everyone. Everyone has to identify again that seventh level statement. You could do your own personal mm-hmm. and your company's seventh level statement to use that as the North Star in which you then make your decisions and and you know, you know, determine what's best for you and for your company.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm curious. And the with the leaders and the companies you've worked with as you go through this process, I have to imagine that if if you take a company who hasn't really done much of this and you get them super clear on their seventh level statement, you get the leader really clear on on what their personal seventh level statement is that that you are potentially in a situation where there's a whole bunch of people in the company that are not aligned to that uh. Uh, how like does that come up how do people <laughs> deal with that i mean what's i mean there's 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 a there's fallout. <laughs> yes. we, used to, we used to run into this agile all the time, right? Companies would yes. hire us and we come in and do a an natural transformation. And I, the first conversation I'd have with the CEO is like, look, you have to be prepared for 20 to 30% of your people leaving.
0: <laughs> so, mm, yeah, like, and yeah. if you're not
1: okay with that, we should not do this project. Because if we're really going to do this, it means that we are, we are laying down a, a new framework for thinking, for working, for operating, for making decisions. And not everyone's going to be okay with that. So I'm curious if you run into that and how you kind of advise or process that with, with the companies and leaders you work with.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, again, once you identify that seventh level statement, it should, it should be, I would hope that it wouldn't be so far off from what companies have already been doing, because that would be very scary. Um, and if it is very far off, then there needs to be a full, as you mentioned, like a full reorg around, okay, what is wrong here? And how have you gone so long without understanding, you know, again, this North star, this like GPS and, you know, where, what has been directing you thus far. So I think that's kind of of a, a bigger a bigger problem, I call it brand acupuncture. Like this idea of, of really, you know, you go into a room, and this is actually why the seventh level was so important to me, and it is so important to me because as an agency, we would get hired for one problem that was at, on the surface, and so you know, maybe again, it was like build us a website, produce an event, create a marketing campaign. But then once we, you know, kind of dove a little bit deeper, we were like, oh, but there's a lot more problems that we're not being hired to solve. And this is affecting yeah. us being able to do our job. And so, you know, it's it's really not setting us up for success or the company up for success. It's like putting really a, a bandaid on much bigger problem. And with acupuncture, it's being able to kind of identify that very specific pain point. So what, I, what I've seen is, you know, by using this framework and, and walking through the process, you're really starting to see where your employees are within these levels. And, you know, 99.9% of the time, well, I will just say 100% of the time, your employees are not going to all be at the seventh level. It just makes yeah. no sense. But it's really important that, and that's where the framework I think is a little bit less daunting than if I were to go in and be like, oh, you are really screwed. Like you have not been living by your seventh level statement and everyone's going to leave. It's more like, okay, so 30% and we actually have a, a qualitative and quantitative assessment, like mm-hmm. diagnostics that go into companies and say like, okay, where are your companies around this issue, this launch, this concept, your mission, your values, whatever. And we can then start to look at, okay, 30% of your employees are you know maybe at level three or most of your employees are at level five. How do we get them to six? How do we get them to four? So it's really about being able to, again, identify where these individuals are within these levels and then helping them get to that next level, always striving towards the seventh level, but recognizing that, you know, you're, you might not get there with everyone. But the other important thing to note is that those who have reached the seventh level is to keep them at the seventh level and not to lose them and to utilize them in a way that helps you build your business. So it's not just all on you. So those who are deeply engaged, what are you doing with those people to continue to build your business? So even in that company where, you know, maybe there's 20 to 30% drop off, there's probably 20 to 30% of people that are obsessed with what you're doing, but you don't even know where they are or what to do with them. And maybe you're treating them the same way as you're treating those people who are at level two or three. And that's a big problem to me is we need to have a way of being able to, in also in an unemotional way, non-personal way, like Mm -hmm. not be like that person's my favorite and that person is just annoying. (laughs) It's more like those people are deeply engaged and those people are distracted. And how can I get those distracted people to be more productive? Or how can I get, you know, those people who are at self-regulated interest, who are doing it because of the money to be a little bit more inspired? And how can I get those who are disengaged to be maybe a little bit more understanding of what they're up to and not so confused by their job? So I think it's, it's a, a little bit of an easier thing to wrap your head around. And it's not as daunting as, again, as I mentioned before, just like, well, everyone hates you. So, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. no, I get it.
1: Um, So, tell me a little bit about the companies you work with. What are your engagements like? I mean, uh, give me some insights into the work that you do.
0: Sure. So, I mean, really, for the past, so we're a seven year old company, Catalyst Creative is, and the seventh level has been our methodology that really our secret sauce that we've used in creative output. So, we've worked with a lot of major brands like Coca Cola and W Hotels and Dell and Google. And, and it's really been on utilizing our framework to assess what we need to do creatively whether that is as I mentioned before an output like uh, okay you need a new website what are the problems how are we using the seventh level framework to identify those problems and then the solution is a website up until a year ago where I again as this educator and, and if my seventh level sp- statement is to inspire and educate I didn't really realize that I was just selling fish and not teaching anyone how to fish mm-hmm. and then I always say like when you're standing on the sun you're blind like when you're doing it, you're not necessarily realizing what you're actually doing, and that you're like, you know, the Cobbler's kids have no shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really backtracked and we're like, we need to get the seventh level out there and, and get everyone to understand it and to know about it and to learn about it, as opposed to us just using it for our own for our own ways of being. So we have multiple ways of working with with companies, whether that's again, we have an internal, as I mentioned, the diagnostics tool, if you will, mm-hmm. where we work with internal organizations through surveys, through interviews, through this analysis, and really identify where their employees are within this engagement, disengagement this scale, if you will. We have an external engagement roadmap. So we work with companies and we use the framework to say, okay, let's analyze all of the work that you're doing in terms of your your external efforts with your audience and then use this to determine, okay, where where's your resource allocation? How much money are you spending at per level? Yeah, yeah. So like let's say, you know, analyzing a quarter, an effort, efforts over a quarter, and we can actually see like you're spending 90% of your budget at level five. But it seems like your customers are actually at a level two. So what are you doing to get them from two to three? Why are you spending all of this stuff on influencer marketing level five or sweepstakes or, you know, promotions when you should really be focusing on clarifying your message at level two? So it's being able to create that success roadmap of like, this is where you should be spending your money. These are the resources that you should be, you know, utilizing in house. These are mm-hmm. the resources you should be outsourcing. And then these are your next steps. And then we also have, you know, one on one, more consultative individual package where we work with, you know, one person and we say, or, you know, a very small business and we say, okay, let's use the framework to be able to just give you kind of a smaller package. So like, what is your seventh level statement? What's your positioning? What's your messaging? How can you start in from the beginning to really make sure that you're coming from this place that is true to, to what you believe in. And that's more of, again, kind of a hands-on package with one individual. And then the last is, again, we have the, all of our creative services. So using that methodology. To execute, so yeah. all of those things I've just mentioned are more like us giving it to the organizations and being like, okay, now you can take this with whatever you want and and run with it. But then we also can, you know, use our findings and execute on your behalf um, and actually build out a campaign or an experience or a brand, you know, or a website, etc. So that's kind of the way that we've we've worked with companies in the past and the way we're working with companies in the future.
1: Yeah, that's great. If people want to find out more about Catalyst Creative, about the Seventh Level, of the book, the what you do what's the best way to get that information
0: the dash seventh level.com and seventh is spelt out and a friend of mine cal Fussman, who's one of the best storytellers i know he told me that muhammad ali always called himself like the greatest instead of the greatest um uh, so he made sure to tell me to always go the the seventh level so that's why we have that dash because it's really emphasizing the v dash seventh spelled out level.com and you could find out more information about everything there
1: Great. I'll make sure that's in the show notes that the dash gets gets in the show notes. I love it. Uh, I love the stories. Um, uh, This has been great. I really, I appreciate your time. This is a great conversation. I think, you know, really inspiring leaders, uh, particularly for service-based companies that are looking to figure out how to increase engagement, really thinking through those levels, really moving beyond the kind of functional, you know, functional role descriptions and moving more into this uh, real satisfaction, um, you know, focused on uh, people's self-actualization and what's the inspiration that you can provide them uh, is going to be a much more successful, much more productive strategy. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for being on the program.
0: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Can I add one more thing sure. before we, Yeah, I wanted to also add that I feel this framework is really beneficial for Um, service-based companies to validate the work they're doing to their clients. So Mm -hmm. to teach their clients about the levels and then use that language. So it's not a, he said, she said, or it's not like, oh, well, we just know better and listen to us. We're making the most informed creative decisions because we know what's going on rather than they can now use these levels and say like, listen, this is your employees or your, your customers are at a level two. We want to get them to a level three. So I hope that this also empowers these service-based organizations to really use this framework as a common language and teach their clients about this so that they can validate the work that they're doing, which is it's just so much work. And I I would want I would only want this to make their life easier.
1: Yeah. Well I think any stakeholder, really any stakeholder in inside their ecosystem, you could apply this to and even nonprofits, you know, people that are looking to, you know, create value or, or benefit to, you know, lots of different folks, you know, whether they're volunteers or the beneficiaries and investors and donors and things like that, you could really use this framework to think through each one of those.
0: Absolutely. Well thank you so